Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, Riordanverse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Today we continue our timeline journey with the next chapters of The Sea of Monsters. Chapter 15, Nobody Gets the Fleece and Chapter 16, I Go Down With The Ship. Before I begin, I am carrying on with this new segment I'm doing of highlighting and I want to highlight firstly the fact that you guys should go subscribe to my YouTube channel A Healthy Dose of Fran because I am so close to a thousand subscribers and I'm so thrilled that after so long I'm finally getting to the position that I want to be with my channel but also I want to highlight my friend Bronte. Now Bronte is a budding, a, bu- budder, a budding writer such as myself and is in the process of working on her own story and getting into the copywriting and uh, editing process uh, in terms of freelancing. And um, while her site as far as I'm aware isn't up yet, when it is, um, I will be sharing it onto my social media so you guys, if any of you are writers out there and are in need of an editor or someone to offer advice and support, you can go to my friend Bronte because not only is she someone who has helped support me in my own writing career um, and was also extremely beneficial for the publications that I do have coming up, um, she's just a fantastic human being and is generally really good for writing and I wish her the best of luck with this freelancing and editing and I truly hope she finds successes because she deserves to in her own writing. Now her, her profiles and such are private so you can't really go follow her or anything but like I said when her website and her uh, thing is live I will be sharing it so for anyone out there be sure to check it out or check my social media out at a dose of Fran on Twitter to uh, get that notification when it comes out and when I post it (laughs) Uh, but yes so that is the Fran's circle of friends (laughs) highlight of this week alongside shouting out my YouTube channel (laughs) but to move on from this to carry on with our podcast as usual I will be pointing out for these two chapters I have my points to focus on so today we've got characters and story and of course just generally what I thought of it but to begin here's the synopsis a battle arises, and it doesn't go well until Superhuman enters the chat. With the fleece retrieved, we want we, bleh, we run for safety until more fighting, trees, and favourite sun battles occur for fun, which ends with poorly timed mockery and the Titanic. Okay then. <laughs> and that's 
that's a, not a very good synopsis but I didn't know how to summarize these two chapters because it was a little bit all over the place in a sense um <laughs> which is unfortunate but yes that is the synopsis for chapter 15 and 16 um, of the Sea of Monsters. And to move on from that atrocious synopsis that I gave, let us get into chapter 15's overview and discussions of chapter 15, Nobody Gets the Fleece. The battle ensues, but Annabeth is badly injured and unconscious. Clarice is a fighting machine and her and Percy make a brilliant tactical team. Their upper hand doesn't last, however, until a sudden burst of superhuman strength from Percy. Percy, this is not the time for mercy and... Oh, that rhymed. And I... Tyson? Tyson is back! I'm so freaking... Ha oh my god, Annabeth! The Golden Fleece works its magic. Thank the gods. Rushing as fast as they can to the boat, they're nearly home free. I spoke too soon. Oh no. And that is the overview for chapter 15. Now this chapter I'm mainly going to be focusing on story, but I do want to bring up a few points on character, which certainly ties into story as well. And the characters that I want to focus on is Percy and Clarice. And well, they're, they're, they're a bit of an odd pairing, maybe, but the, admittedly, lots of people are not going to like them together. Even Percy didn't in, in his internal monologue. But their skill together and working together and fighting together is clear of the powerhouse they could be if they both could get over their prejudice of each other. They're just Them as characters in general, they're both supportive and caring of others. Percy in protecting his friends and Clarice's medical care and medical attention and support of Annabeth and even carrying her to safety because as many know we all love a butch queen because um, that's what Clarice is she is a butch queen and I love her and oh, I wish I was that buff as well actually <laughs> but um, just in general I think what's really interesting is that we are seeing this this relationship building in terms of skill with Percy and Clarice. But what's really annoying is that it doesn't continue. And we'll get to that at a later date. But this is just going back briefly to, I don't know how many episodes ago now, maybe three or four episodes ago, when I mentioned about how I believe Clarice should have carried on with the journey with Annabeth and Percy, like doing the whole siren thing, doing the journey from the explosion of the ship to Cece's Island and such, she should have been with them the whole time because I think if she was, this moment here of her and Percy joining together would have been so much more impactful because they would have been bickering and not getting along on the little boat because that's their personalities clash in general. But as they'd work together throughout the majority of it, get to know each other, save Annabeth themselves and such or something like that or Clarice looking after the ship when Percy goes into save and them working as a team to protect Annabeth in that moment but also all three of them working as a team this moment here of them fighting Polyphemus together and doing really well if they are struggling at certain points I think would have been so much more interesting if we'd had that build up to it but we don't and it's so annoying I'm so whiny oh my god <laughs> 
But even that, I think this is the thing. So their, their personalities clash. But as we see with the supportive nature of like Percy risking his own life to attack Polyphemus to protect his friends, Clarice saving Annabeth and carrying her herself because she's so badly injured. It just shows that they are also really similar in personality because they both care about people in their lives. Clarice, particularly particularly from sort of like a, a warrior point of view, like the whole never leave a man behind sort of thing, I think that's where Clarice is coming from in terms of protecting people. And then Percy, of course, is just, he fiercely protects those he, he cares about. But the two of them are so similar in that way and it's it's why it's so frustrating that this relationship, slight spoilers, doesn't really build anywhere when it could have and it would have been so, so interesting for it to have actually done that and I'm really annoyed now that it didn't. But moving on from my own personal woes of the the, the fact that a friendship between Percy and Clarice doesn't work out the way I want it to. Let's get on to the story because you guys are gonna hate me but you are also probably expecting me to say this. I am, I'm thrilled that Tyson is alive. I'm thrilled because he is such a really interesting and lovable and caring character but also his survival is such a cop-out that I'm really disappointed. Not even the fact that he survived like if anything if he was going to be brought back i'd be i'd be so here for it if it was nearer the end like he returns to the camp at the beach to see percy for example like at the end of the book he sees him um like percy's at the beach like having a toast to tyson and then tyson just comes out from the from the water on rainbow and that way we also see rainbow when we have this explanation of the fact that rainbow was following the boat so when Tyson exploded, Rainbow saved him. I'm like, but like, that still doesn't really make any logical sense. But whatever. And but then also have it that so Rainbow saves him, uh, and they turn up at camp. So also then it feels a little bit longer. But have it also that Poseidon helped rescue him. Like he Poseidon was involved with it. Like he was the one who told Rainbow to follow Tyson. Do we then also have this relationship between Tyson and Poseidon? Because thus far, Tyson talks about how his dad must be ashamed of him or, or something. Like, like that moment that we had a couple of episodes ago of Tyson being disappointed that he's a monster and that his dad must be, hate him because he's a monster or something like that. Um, or that he thought of Poseidon in a positive light. I can't remember now but it would make more sense in that to have Poseidon show that she that he does care about his kids I don't know it just would have made more logical sense to me and it wouldn't feel so forced considering it's been in terms of like podcast episodes it's been three episodes including this one since his death no yeah three three and a half technically I guess because three episodes ago was the aftermath and then okay four episodes we'll say then (laughs) being picky now but it just it hasn't been so long since quote unquote he died so it just doesn't feel that impactful we we haven't had the chance to actually miss him if he appeared at the end of the book or like the second to last chapter then we would have this impact it would be so much more heartwarming 
that like after all this time he did survive and he he went home he went back to camp half-blood because he he wanted to go home to his brother that would have been beautiful <laughs> but it didn't happen we got this sort of lazy version in the nicest way rick i'm sorry just in general it's just kind of disappointing story-wise and i just do think it could have been done in a better more impactful more interesting way and just to move on from that because i think i could go on about the frustrating side of that element a lot more than i probably should i'm going to move on to the actual action sequences of of this chapter i don't know what it is so rick is usually pretty good in terms of action sequences in that i don't get bored i i'm kind of interested in the action the action the action scene itself but this one it was just while it was good like i mentioned for percy and clarice and like their tactics and them joining together the opening part of it like describing their tactics describing what they were going to do referring to training at camp and then stating what that training was and what they were going to do it just felt so out of the blue and sudden and just like a proper exposition dump and it's kind of annoying like firstly if we're supposed if if they do training like stat stats that's not one tactical training at camp and that they were in the same class together have a scene about that so we can refer back to it like the chariot race the chariot race technically didn't need to happen have a training match so like have it actually be like a a mock gladiator battle or something that they were doing that led to the the birds coming it would just i i think if they had a moment of referencing a training session with these different tactical names in that chapter to do with it replacing the whole chariot game element and have this reference of them being involved in this we then wouldn't really need the explanation before the actual action happened because that was the thing was that basically we were told what they were going to do before they even did it so then what happened afterwards just felt like it was repeating like if anything if you're going to do that and then have them do the action just don't do the first bit just then when the action is starting do a few lines of the action happening of where they are and what they're doing you don't really need an explanation of their positioning before they even get there just say where they are as the action is starting it's just i don't know i'm I'm slightly disappointed considering the action scenes we've gotten before same again though with what happens later in the chapter of percy suddenly getting this burst of strength and being able to defeat a humongous cyclops by himself it's just a bit of a question mark moment like how how has this how old he's 13 year old boy who is probably maybe like five foot at this point i guess maybe probably about five foot maybe smaller i don't know how boys height works but the the cyclops is like humongous and strong and we're somehow meant to believe that a 13 year old suddenly just got a burst of strength not surrounded by water or anything which kind of worked in the the Ares fight in the first book but we're supposed to believe that a 13 year old boy has got a random burst of strength and was able to take down a cyclops 
just out of the blue in like a paragraph I don't know it just it just didn't work for me and I was kind of disappointed with those elements of this chapter this chapter just as a whole I think other than these moments with Percy and Clarice and also Clarice's interaction with Annabeth and kind of helping her there's nothing of real interest and significance other than what happens in this chapter of gaining the golden fleece and those interactions this chapter just feels a bit meh and it's I know it sounds bad I'm disappointed I think it could have gone down a lot better but it just it just didn't it just kind of wasn't really there I don't know why but but that's the case (laughs) but I've got nothing else to say about that which is unfortunate so I will move on to the next chapter which is chapter 16 I go down with the ship and this is the overview for chapter 16 danger danger I fought it I don't really know why that works for this overview but I wanted to write it so it's happened now (laughs) the gang escapes but Polyphemus faces down Percy and Tyson brothers working together and rocking it and I spoke too soon again damn it the irony of not playing favourites such lies Tyson and Percy are injured but get the upper hand yes damn it Clarice stop trying to make me not love you hippocampus to the rescue thank gods sleep time for all and y'all deserve it (laughs) and that is the overview for chapter 16 and oh my god this episode may be quite quite short actually because nothing really happens in chapter 16 and uh, yeah I think that's the that's the noise of my thoughts on this chapter. So I'm going to start first with character, and that is Clarice. Because God damn it, I get why people find her annoying, but this is just bad character and story writing. Like what I was saying in the previous episode about um, Clarice in what would be chapter fourteen, and her like outing Grover and all these sort of things in this case and just <laughs> I sound like a sheep then just the first time around okay chapter 14 when she does out Grover in in what was the last episode of the podcast that I can kind of get because benefit of the doubt it wasn't completely obvious that Grover was pretending to be a female cyclops because we as the readers know he's doing that percy and annabeth know he's doing that but no one told clarice he was doing that when she was going on this quest and they even spent an entire ship ride with her when they could have told her what he was doing because they knew where she was heading to they knew where she was going so like why didn't they say anything about what to expect that's what i don't get so percy's mentioned that he was having dreams of grover on this island and polyphemus and such you'd think considering they know that they're going to this island that they would share this information with clarice but they don't so of course she's not gonna know 
I just that's, that's the logic that I can give there. It's like she just she didn't know this information about Grover at the same time, but this time it's just stupid because this is basically a case of we need some more drama, general dramatic effect, character flaws, and okay, actually you know what? Honestly, I don't even understand this point. I don't understand why Clarice is mocking Polyphemus when that she was fighting him literally in the previous chapter and he works off based off sound and she knows this because she was fighting him she's been watching percy and tyson fighting him and every time they make a sound he grabs for them she was watching annabeth who was moving and making sounds and he was grabbing for her she's seen this entire thing of how polyphemus works and how he fights and how he reacts and how he pinpoints where his enemies are and yet she yells for him and yells and mocks him giving them their location she is not an idiot but for some reason in these chapters in this latter half of this book so far she's being made out to be one and it's just really stupid and it just doesn't make any sense except for dramatic effect and even that it's not even a dramatic effect because it's fixed within a paragraph after the whole ship is sinking like the titanic element because the hippocampus turn up directly after that moment but it's just such just just even just character wise it's just illogical and unlike her she's cocky yes and she's bullheaded but she's not an idiot like i don't know it's just it just really irritates me i think it's just poor writing in this case and i can at this point i can kind of see why this book isn't the favorite for many people in the percy jackson fandom because these two chapters of this battle with polyphemus to get the golden fleece is a bit weak in comparison to the lightning thief and the battle with Ares and the uncovering of the mystery of Ares, it's so much more you're invested in it so much more and the fight itself is more engaging and interesting whereas this it's just it's really not it's a bit lackluster as a whole which is just really unfortunate because i think it could have been really interesting fighting wise not they don't even necessarily have to fight if this had been an element of engagement and tactical decision i would have been all for it but we don't get that and it's really really irritating (sighs) the only fighting that we get in the tactical moments and it's not even tactics really it's this bit to do with the story slash character element of percy and tyson because finally we're getting some brotherly love and strength up in here We've had a few moments in like the past of this of this book, but not that much, which is frustrating. But f- everything about this is frustrating for me. <laughs> but finally, they're working as a team to fight an enemy, showing off their individual skill and love for each other as well as brothers. They're similar. I think this is the thing. They're similar in a way that they're doing this to protect their friends and keep each other safe from the enemy just keeping everyone safe which is is a big thing about we know this is a thing about percy but we've also learned this about uh, not grover about tyson as well is that tyson is a very protective person which is why he went down to the ship what was it called 
the ship's engine. The ship's engine in the first place was because he wanted to try and stop it so everyone would be safe. But the two of them are consistently looking out for each other in their fight and keeping themselves focused as best they can and just working together. And we learn even in this chapter that their bond is really deep because they're able to telepathically speak to each other as they learn in this. And I think that's really... I think that's really nice actually although it does make me wonder if whether they've been able to do that the whole time and that's why Tyson knew what other people thought of him he was actually hearing Percy's Percy's thoughts about what Percy thought of him and that makes me a little bit sad now oh my god but that's kind of all we really get from this chapter and, and I think you can see what I mean about these this sort of quote-unquote final battle to get the item that we need to save the camp just feels a bit meh and it's annoying because this this could have been a really interesting fight and situation but all the interesting stuff kind of happened before we got to our final location but just overall these these chapters are interesting because it builds on the relationships between everyone and shows that the quest so far has been completed we have our team back and they've managed to escape but (laughs) overall it is just a bit it's it's not as good as i would have wanted it to be in terms of a battle with what is technically the main baddie of this book itself obviously luke is the main bad guy as a whole but polyphemus was the one who was the obstacle and villain for this object to save everyone so i wanted him to be a little bit more interesting or i wanted the thing to be a bit more engaging as a whole but we didn't get that unfortunately and character wise there aren't really any significant moments except for this bit of Percy and Clarice's possible bonding that doesn't seem to last because then Clarice suddenly becomes a moron which is honestly for me a very out of character I don't know about anyone else probably no one else agrees with me but it's a thing now so <laughs> but yeah I think it's just it's generally unfortunate I think the only thing interesting about this ending of the chapter is that it's it's building this sense of anxiety of this this sort of not saving hold on how do i phrase this we have an anxiety that some that this isn't over that this piece that they've gotten won't last because as we've seen throughout this book and the lightning thief it never actually does so there's a sense that something could be coming next but we don't know what it is um so we will find out in the next episode for sure um gosh there's just i feel like i ranted a lot during the during this episode but um i guess that's what you guys are here for because i'm occasionally analytic (laughs) i don't know but let's get on to the thing that you guys are always here for and that is the question of the episode and today's question is do you think the reappearance of Tyson could have been done better and if so how would you have had it done of uh, of always as always this question will be posted onto all of our social media but also if you want to specifically get this read out on the show or you want to give insights or anything about the show in general be sure to email us at the best at hotmail.com but with that of course i want to thank you all for joining me today for chapters 15 and 16 of the sea of monsters 
Be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our Verse journey. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, where you should leave a rating and review, Audioboom, Stitcher and Deezer. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find The Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter and on Tumblr at thebestdamncamp.tumblr.com. If you want to email me with your own thoughts, you can email thebestdamncamp.hotmail.com and I will read it out at the end of the show. And also, I always reply to emails. If you want to support me making this content, check me out on Patreon at A Healthy Dose of Fran and also check out my YouTube channel, A Healthy Dose of Fran, for more Percy Jackson content. And be sure to drop me a follow on my personal accounts at A Healthy Dose of Fran on Instagram and at A Dose of Fran on Twitter. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter, and I will see slash speak to you guys next time. Love you.